0: Guys, welcome back! Welcome back again. Live Prosper Twenty Twenty Two. Josh, reporter here. Carbon Six Elements of Success podcast. I have Andre Sadlak and I have Matt. uh I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm going to say Matt Kostan.
1: Kostan works. Kostanewski.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, he did it
1: the Polish way too. There you <laughs> go.
0: I got this, man. Trust me. EU hashtag Twenty Twenty Two. Whatever that meant. Uh, but they're from Product Opinion. We're going to be talking about the importance of split testing uh, right over here live on the Prosper floor and the benefit that you're uh, that it's going to have for your Amazon business when it comes to not only your images, but your listing and how you can actually do product and keyword research and audience research uh, when it comes to this, as well as marketplace research. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to let you guys take it off, feel free to introduce yourself. You're going to have to share the mic a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah. Beautiful.
2: Yes. Thanks for having us, Joshua. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Andre uh, been selling Amazon for a few years now. And this new project is super exciting because it solves the problem that I've always had as an Amazon seller and a lot of my friends do at the mastermind I'm running, which is basically being able to talk to Amazon customers and figure out what actually matters to them and why they would buy A or B, mm-hmm. right? And um, Matt actually started this. So I'll let him introduce himself now.
1: Yeah. So my name is Matt. So I've been selling on Amazon. I, I like to say just before it was cool. <laughs> uh, way back when. And uh, had a lot of success uh, on, on on Amazon and selling products. And mm-hmm. something that I attribute a lot of my success from is actually talking to shoppers. It, it's not rocket science, but if you ask all the sellers here if they're actually actively talking to shoppers, getting that qualitative feedback, and doing the the testing, mm-hmm. you'd be you'd probably find out very soon that uh, it's not the case. And it's unfortunate because you can unlock a lot of growth, a lot of sales by, by doing that. But what's
0: the harm? What's, what's the fear? What's the stigma behind talking to, talking to, your, uh, so, talking to your buyers, your, your, your audience? I, I honestly think that most Amazon sellers, they're just like in the space to try to move as many widgets as possible. As what they feel as efficiently as possible by doing the business metrics and analytics, but they don't understand the importance of actually getting the best feedback on it to be able to move more widgets. So tell me a little bit about that,
1: man. Like, how does that process go about? So it's really interesting because like the Fortune 500 companies, they spend billions of dollars on focus groups. Yeah. And uh, sellers just assume it's very expensive to do to do this kind of research. Mm -hmm. It's also a lot of work, Mm -hmm. which which is fair. You have to put some effort into it, but. I feel like those are the things that like set them back. They think it's going to be really expensive. They think it's going to be um, just, just a lot of work to get the data. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to achieve with product opinion is, you know, give you fortune 500 level data Mm -hmm. without actually spending a fortune.
2: Yeah, exactly. And as as Matt said, uh, it can be tedious, but if you spend any effort on your business, you better be spending that time and energy on something that actually matters and helps you convert. Uh, and that's, that's our focus. Like for me, my experience with the previous brand, the one that I sold in late 2020 was I built a Facebook community Mm -hmm. and I was able to design products together with my community. I would ask Mm -hmm. them, Hey, what do you want this in this design? Do you prefer A or B do you want this color or this color? Mm -hmm. And eventually when I launch surprise, surprise, it sells well. Yeah. And also the audience goes and buys it. Right. Uh, so it definitely worked out well, even though it's a lot of work to build your own audience and what I see a lot of sellers, um, struggle with is Mm -hmm. there's no way to legally or technically communicate with your Amazon customers. You can't really talk to those who bought before unless you build really sophisticated, efficient flows on the back end, like insert cards and stuff, which Mm -hmm. is also another beast, not something we want to discuss, but you don't necessarily have to do that to get the insights Mm -hmm. from your ideal customers on what they prefer and why would they buy A or B. And what you're actually doing is uh, is rare, right? You're listening
0: to your audience, but you're also providing them what they want. So no wonder your product sells very well. Uh, and again, this sounds like in previous discussions that I've had on other podcasts with Paul Barron, what he talks about is building a core audience that actually understands your product and that loves your brands, building building an audience of raving fans yeah. and doing it smartly.
2: Yeah.
0: And then finding those niche uh, influencers that can help you build that audience as well. That's one aspect that he often talks about. But I feel that uh, when it comes to what you guys are doing, nobody's really taking the time to do that marketplace research to really actually curate the best uh, the best version of their product that's actually truly going to differentiate on the marketplace. Because again, you could just type in your keywords all day, every day, and you can just get a bunch of listings that pop up. A bunch of listings, and they all look the same. They're all different. But what really separates you, Right. What's really going to make you cutting edge? Are you going to check all the negative reviews and gain your feedback off of that and use that as a way to like differentiate your product? Yeah, that's great, but are you talking to the people that would actually buy it? That's what's really going to matter.
1: Exactly. exactly. And something cool too. So, for example, the reason why Kickstarter, like you can launch a product on Kickstarter and it can be a big success is because you're involving your your own audience to be a part of the brand to help build you that brand. Um, so if you're doing that and you're getting that feedback, all of a sudden the, your customers have that extra sense of loyalty mm-hmm. and uh, doing that research can, and, and and talking to your customers can can do that, can, can give you that loyalty. So when you're launching more products, mm-hmm. you're good to go. Sales mm-hmm. is no problem.
2: Actually ties us back into the solution itself where we are the only ones who allow you to uh, use our platform for your own audience. You can collect that feedback through a super convenient way, um, by just selecting one little diggle and allowing them to vote as well. And that way you know that your actual community that you already built, if you already built it, tells you, Hey, I prefer this. And then you can design what they prefer, right? It's because they're actually buying from you. So, Obviously, product pinning has a lot of
0: these really neat features. How are people actively going about doing all this marketplace research in the past outside of focus groups, right? Because, again, not everybody's a Coca-Cola or, like, uh, or, or Levi's jeans or whatever. I don't know what year I live in mentally right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how are people actually doing all this marketplace research back in the day besides, like, asking, doing man-on-the-street-style interviews? And sending, uh, sending like brochures in the mail and having them mail back. Like, what has been the evolution
1: of marketplace research in your totally. I mean, for I mean, for sellers that are just you know, you know, just starting up. I mean, a lot of times it's just gut level instinct. They'll mm-hmm. just be like, hey, I think this works. You know, they'll ask friends or family, they'll ask your mom, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not the best source of uh, unbiased uh, data. Um, but otherwise, you know, you can, they can also go to another, and we recommend it too. Is you do look at your competition, you look at the reviews, you read the reviews of how people are. Uh, are taking products, but you know taking it to the next level is literally asking, um, asking shoppers like you, with product opinion, you can actually uh, have people look over your listing and they'll tell you out loud, you ask them a couple of questions, they'll tell you exactly how they think and they don't hold back. They're happy to give you that constructive criticism mm. on how to make things better, what objections they have for buying and then all of a sudden you're getting that qualitative research that you can then put into quantitative research mm. when you want to go to do split tests.
0: So how would you how how do you guys figure how did you guys come up with the concept of creating the constructive feedback loop and then improving upon that process? Because I imagine with what you're doing right now with Product Opinion, you're not only changing the way that people do marketplace research for their own products, you're you're helping them optimize one their listings, you're helping them optimize two their keywords, three their audience, four and actually improving their sales overall. Just how would you how did you guys come up with this concept? over time and how are you continuing to improve this process? Because it seems like you guys are actually shaking up the A-B split testing aspect of, uh, of this industry, which is which is unheard of in this, uh, in this day and age.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, to, to, to explain this better, I'll just tell you there are two ways you can uh, research your market with the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so using uh, Amazon customers in our case, uh, one, you want to co- collect qualitative feedback so you know what people are looking for. And then you do quantitative feedback, you split test those ideas. Without knowing what people are looking for, you don't know what to split test, mm-hmm. right? How, like obviously everybody wants to split test the main image because it impacts your conversion. Uh, but how do you know what matters? What components need to go into the main mm-hmm. image before you ask them, you wouldn't know. So in our case, you can record their screen where they shop and you spy on them. You watch them shop mm-hmm. and you ask them questions. They answer those questions. They are paid to be brutally honest and then you know what matters to them. And then you know what to put on, in our case, in this example, main image. It can be a plus content listing overall everything uh, you can research your your competition this way you can send it to amazon search results and see what they click and you know why your competitors get those clicks and then you can build your uh, visuals around those mm-hmm. actual reasons so then split testing comes in a lot of people do split testing just showing those two images on a white background which means nothing to amazon customers mm-hmm. they're used to seeing search results right mm-hmm. so we have split testing within the amazon search simulation they see actual search results on Amazon. So Mm -hmm. they're in the mindset of shopping. So when they do click on your image, which may not exist on Amazon yet, Mm -hmm. but they think it does because they see it on the search results Mm -hmm. stacked against your best selling competitors, then you know that you're going to win once you upload it to Amazon. Right?
1: So yeah. And I think one of the main differentiators with us is that we're actually Amazon sellers ourselves. So we have a good, um, you know we have the background knowledge and we know the context of what works mm-hmm. and uh, what should be tested and a lot of the features a lot of the implementation stuff that we do is based on us being amazon sellers ourselves like andre has uh, he has had a successful exit he's working on another brand as well uh same with my, myself so um what sets us apart in the you know split testing and that sort of thing is just we we get it from from an amazon seller's perspective mm-hmm. so just like andre was uh, mentioning instead of split testing in isolation We can actually emulate an Amazon experience for the person uh you know doing the test for the shopper looking at it so you're getting better results more accurate results Mm -hmm. uh just based on us setting it up from the perspective of actually being on Amazon you're hitting all the
0: business cues that Amazon sellers would want while also satisfying the end user perspective and that's really unique that you guys are actually doing that because the way that the end user is choosing to shop on Amazon is a very different process than what Amazon sellers would do because we have our unique uh, KPIs and metrics that we want to hit. Okay, we have this many characters in our bullet, we have this many images, our images look like this, our title looks like this, our keywords are like this in our bullet point, and here's our A plus content. But that may not always convert to an actual sale. And so being able to take out the the metric driven data aspect of it and get the emotional aspect of these triggers that you have from buyers and what finds out what, what gets them to convert is going to have a long, more long-term, sustainable aspect when it comes to building a brand, which a lot of uh, a lot of Amazon sellers are focusing more on that than just how many widgets I can actually move at the end totally. of the day. And that's really impressive that you guys are doing that. Well,
2: thank you. And just to illustrate that as an example, a lot of the feedback I've seen was, "Oh, this title is so long. I don't trust this brand," mm-hmm. which we as Amazon sellers think is even better when you have when you can put more keywords into it but doesn't always help you convert, for example, right? Or the sequence of features and benefits. Mm. We know too much about our products very often. So we think what we believe is important is important to our customers, but that's not always the case. And they can tell you, oh, I'm confused here. And if they're confused, they're gonna bounce. They're Mm. gonna go to a listing where they are not confused, right? Uh, So those things you can't really measure in any other ways than actually hearing your customers tell you, this sucks, let's fix this. You know. Mm. And then when you do that, surprise, surprise, it converts better. You're, you're shifting the way that the concept of
0: listing optimization is being looked at across the board, right? Because now it's not no longer, yeah. You can optimize your listing as much as possible for Amazon's benefit, but Amazon is is not a is not a person that's shopping. Yeah. Amazon yeah. is a is a uh, is a highway where people go on to look for certain things and they pull off to the side. They say, "I want this," and then they exit, right? Um, so changing up the way that people actually shop on Amazon, I think, is going to be beneficial towards Amazon.
1: Matt, let me not interrupt you, man. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say, too, as, a, as another example, like what I love doing is actually looking at how um, shoppers are looking at my competition. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever experienced where you see some competition and they seem to be like dominating search results, they, they're, they're dominating sales, mm-hmm. and you, you just don't understand why, well, you actually see a shopper looking over the uh, competition's listing and it gives you the, the ideas that you might not have thought of otherwise. So, for example, there was one particular product where... Um, you know, people were clicking on it, even though they weren't number one in the search results. Uh, their title wasn't even fully SEO opti- uh, optimized, but they had words in there like cruelty free, vegan, and the product itself had nothing. I mean, it, it was related to that, but it was those words that you wouldn't necessarily find in keyword research software mm-hmm. that were actually driving the clicks. People would say, I clicked this one. Because I wanted to see, I wanted. To, I, it said cruelty free. It said it was vegan. Mm-hmm. That's what got me to click. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just making sure that you're, you know, SEO optimized, that you're, um, you, you're, you're doing those. You also want to get the perspective of how shoppers are just perceiving your listing, but also more importantly, sometimes the competition, so that you can take those lessons that you learn and implement it for your for yourself.
2: Honestly, this comes down to this quick summary that I like mentioning to our Mastermind members. We have to remember that we shop, like our shoppers, we sell to people. We don't Mm -hmm. sell to Amazon, even though it sometimes feels like a game that you're playing on your computer, but you actually deal with real people and understanding their dynamic of shopping, what matters to them, their behavior and catering towards their preferences will eventually make you a successful brand. I want to
0: thank you guys for hopping on and, and explaining on how to humanize the entire process through A-B split testing and getting real interaction, real data from buyers to actually benefit your brand. If you guys want to know more about Andre and Matt, go over to productpinion.com. That's P-R-O-D-U-C-T-P-I-N-I-O-N.com. I know, crazy name. Great. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thank you. I know how to spell. I've learned. I learned when I was uh, three years old. Uh, <laughs> I fun- yeah, hey, I know, no, rockpinion.com. Okay. All their information is going to be below in the bio.
2: Smash like, subscribe. Peace. Thank you.